D, what's good, bro? Yo, I was in the phone. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's why that's why I was that's why I was like five minutes late. But yeah, man, what's 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 good, bro? What's good, bro? Yeah, man, I'm all good. I'm all good. Huh? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. Oh yeah, I forgot to tell you as well. Like, bro, I've been on it. I've been on an emailing spree, bro. I've been emailing mad black non-profit organizations in the UK. Um, I've been emailing loads of um, influencers and stuff and public figures, uh, black ones, to try and get the word out, you know, about the ABP. I even emailed the president of uh, ACS in my uni, innit? Um, yeah, and I, I mean, I messaged her not long ago. I logged on to Instagram and, yeah, it turns out she replied to me, innit? So I, I need to open that. But yeah, just letting her know about the organization and how she what she thinks about it and if she can show if she can support, show support and you know, maybe, you know, yeah, we can we can network, you know, like ACS and obviously like ACS in my uni anyway, do you get what I'm saying? Like African Caribbean society and stuff. Um but yeah, just to get the word out, you know what I mean, about the uh, ABP and whatnot. But yeah, man, yeah. Yeah, that's good. If you guys didn't know, Young K over here has started a non-profit organization called ABP. And today, I just wanted him to talk a little bit more about it because if you if you don't follow him on Instagram, you won't necessarily know about it too much. So I would I thought it would be good to use this episode to kind of shed light on it because it's something that's very important um, in our community. And the fact that he started it and has really good, uh, Sank, I'm I'm very proud of him for. So, know what what the ABP organization is about and how and why you started it. Uh, yeah, bro. Um, first of all, I want to say thank you, bro, for giving me this platform to do so. Do you get what I'm saying? To to be able to talk about the ABP and stuff like that. I really appreciate it, man, because, you know, uh, everything everything counts, everything is relevant, and everything goes a long way, man. So, for one, I just want to thank KD for that, man. Do you get what I'm saying? I, I really appreciate it, brother. But um, as far as the ABP goes, um, the ABP uh, stands for the African British Party. Um, it's not a real political party. You know, I just uh, put party on the end for kind of shock value or just to emulate the aura and the kind of feel of a political party and I guess it's also a kind of um, it's, it's, it's I guess it's also a kind of foreshadowing of the fact that the UK goes blacks don't have a political presence or uh, political representation or any kind of political identity you know um, I can't even name a black politician I mean personally I can't name one um, I was having a conversation with someone the other the other day about the ABP. I stopped someone and I was trying to talk to him about it. And I was like, bro, do you know any black politicians? And he was like, he was a, another black man. And he was like, um, yeah, bro, I think I know one. And like, he was really, I could see his head. Like, I could see like veins coming out of his head. Like he was really trying to think like, yeah. And I was like, bro, honestly, me too. I can't even name one. And I walked away from the conversation feeling kind of like, bad like raw like i can't even name one black politician like in the house of commons or anywhere like speaking on behalf of black issues you know so that kind of 
played played in my head for a while. But um, even when we go to pop- the population of the UK, approximately 68 million people, blacks only make up 3.3% of that. So just over 2 million or, yeah, just over 2 million people. Mm. And, you know, we, like I said, we don't have any political presence or identity. And even economically, we're not prevalent. You know, economically, uh, we're not... Um, we're not wealthy, you know. Um, most poor people in the UK are most most people living in poor conditions or conditions that aren't very favourable are of African descent, you know. And in comparison to other ethnic groups such as Asians, um, Indians, and uh, whites and stuff, were um, were the poorest, you know. Um, and there's just no real infrastructure in our communities. Um, there's no wealth there's no place where there's wealthy uh thriving black businesses um but there's places where you can find wealthy thriving asian businesses for example in in districts like east ham in 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 east london not too far from where from from where i'm from um there's loads of thriving asian businesses you know if you go to places like stanford hill a strong thriving jewish community with businesses and things really you know economically things are are, uh, are 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 good, but when you go to black areas in the UK, there's this cloud of poverty and deprivation, and typically, you know, is they call it the hood, you know, or or the ghetto, you know. So I just this initiative was birthed out of a place of frustration and and deprivation, just seeing the state of black people in the UK and the West period, you know. Um, you go to certain places in certain uh, businesses in society, you go to the post office, you go to the petrol station, you go to the average corner shop. There, there's, you know, the, the Asian community are very prevalent in those areas. Uh, blacks work more, more menial jobs. And I don't feel like that's a coincidence. I strongly feel like uh, blacks are uh, disadvantaged and, were denied access to economic wealth in the same way, uh, uh, um, um, in ways that other ethnic groups aren't. And even our introduction to Great Britain, you know, like I say, sometimes we've been here since the 16th century, you know, and, you know, England playing playing a big role in the slave trade, not the transatlantic slave trade, but the triangular trade more so, and, you know, trading with slaves and spices and, precious metals and stuff uh, raw materials whereas america kind of just traded with slaves but there were there were african slaves brought to the uk that's not spoken about but it, it happened and a lot of them were house servants and we helped build the west you know the, you can't talk about british history without talking about the african you know we our labor built britain and the west and um you know, we we're not we're not told that as it pertains to Black history. We're not um, given um, our um, our our stake because we do have a stake in this country. We've been here. We've we've been here for centuries. So it's just about you know educating people, um, speaking out for Black people, um, and just trying to help us um, in many ways, especially economically. So in regards to activities, the 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 goal is to build a money pot, so to speak, or a financial reserve or a pseudo bank. You know, pseudo pseudo meaning like a partial, not a bank where people can you know open accounts, but 
just a, a, a reservoir of, of funds where annually in the near future, we can be giving out grants to um, one struggling black household and one struggling black business. So two um, of those criterias, people that fit those criterias annually, we can be giving out grants. So grants is like basically free money. You don't have to pay back to, to help struggling black households and struggling black businesses to um, um, one of each annually, yearly, you know, whilst also um, creating uh, like seminars or projects in which um, we can educate young black people, decolonize the mind. I say decolonize because there's a lot of self-hate in the black community, a lot of um, uh, Eurocentrism as it pertains to our mind. And we need to break that down and teach our young people the truth that you know, there's more career prospects than being a rapper for the young black male. Career prospects than being um, a, 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 an Instagram model for a black female. You know, he can pick up a trade and be a plumber. He can pick up a trade and be a barber. He can he can be an accountant. You know, he can be a a, 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 a statistician. A statistician. You know, he can be loads of things. You know, apart from uh, entertainment and things like that, because other industries are kind of frowned upon in the black community you know he can be a lawyer you know as a lot of african parents want their kids to be anyway <laughs> he can be a doctor you know there's 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 more realistic things we can do and we're not just entertainers and uh you know um people that don't give anything um substance wise in society in terms of uh, the mind and things like that you know so it's, it's all that man you know and but the main goal is to change the economic climate because we, we, we have to speak the dialect of um, the world and the dialect of the world, unfortunately, is very shallow, but the dialect of the world is money. Where, where Whatever community has money is respected. And because of the lack of in the black community, we're not respected. Uh, I feel like as far as social issues go, we're in, we're, we're in the best place we've ever been. We're no longer slaves were free you know of course there's still micro practices and things like that that need to be addressed and things like that but I feel like eco uh, economics is at the top of the um of the list of things to tackle you know I think social and economic were both at the same place but now I feel like economic is more important because if money is constantly pumped into the black community especially in Britain primarily because that's what we're focusing on right now because that's where we're from um we'll be respected more as a people you know for ex i can give you an example that's why we find in the asian community in the asian community for example look at sadiq khan mayor of london he's asian look at the home secretary um 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 pretty patel she's an asian woman you know look at boris johnson's inner cabinet um you have pretty patel then there's three more Asians in there. The reason why they were able to attain those strides is because of finance within their community. They've, they've, um, uh, uh, Britain have seen that these people contribute a lot to the economy. So they have to be, so they're treated a certain way as a result. Because blacks don't really contribute anything to the economy, we're treated less. You know, it's all, it's all a money game. Money is the dialect the European understands. So I feel like that's, is at the top of the list to tackle, you know? But just to summarise, guys, because I, I rambled on.
as the agenda, the goal of the African British Party is to change the economic climate for black people in Great Britain by creating a money pot, a financial reserve and a pseudo bank, so to speak, where annually we can give um, a broken, uh, sorry, we can give a, um, a struggling black household and a struggling black business grants, one of each yearly, so two yearly, um, to pump money back into the black sphere and the black economy to raise the black pound whilst funding uh, projects to decolonize the mind, uh, teach Afrocentrism to our young black boys and girls, decolonizing the mind because everything we know is from a European lens and that is unfavorable, is biased and it makes our racial and ethnic esteem low. But once we know the truth about ourselves on top of economic um, uh, economic um, building, we'll be, we'll be good to go, man. We'll be, we'll be unbeatable, man. But yeah, that's um, that's that to summarize, you know. Okay, and like we had spoken quite a lot on on black issues specifically. I know, I think maybe two years ago, we had. I think the, the Young K talks was the first kind of you know KD X Young K kind of yeah kind of, yeah with that whole Black Lives Matter thing it was real yeah yeah. Just started speaking about it, and as we were kind of wavering between, you know, mentioning the problems within the black black community, um, dishing out possible solutions, um, you know, we had covered a whole range of of issues concerning Black Lives Matter and and how our community was moving because, as painful as it is the truth has to be told and you know found that a lot of our community the black lives matter wasn't really what it like showed itself to be it's mm-hmm. yeah. just a more a you know voice for for the but instead it turned out to be you know, there were little agendas being placed in and around where it now wasn't only about the black people that were killed at the hands of white supremacists or police or anything like that. And so we had we had spoken about a whole heap of issues and then we started to get into into the finances and the economic ecosystem of of, of our our people. And you know to put it simply it's is shocking. It's basically non existent within our community like our money can go elsewhere with no issue and i remember saying and i remember us talking about like when it comes to us spending money with our own there's so much of an issue we look for discounts we look for yeah we look for any way to not pay the full price and we may go to a to a white owned store an asian owned store and there's no qualms about what we're paying. That money is that money. If it costs a hundred pounds, it costs a hundred pounds. It does not matter. But when it now comes to a black store, we want to, you know, put the price down to fifty percent. Why should it cost a pound? Why can't it cost fifty? Why can't it even cost twenty-five? And it's just the worst way of moving because 
realistically, all we're doing is just sucking money out of the out of the community. We mm-hmm. make we make money. Okay, some of it goes to the house. You know, you've got to provide for your family. But whatever you're providing for your family doesn't normally come from black-owned stores. And even those black-owned stores, you know, you have the the international foods or the hairstylists or the or the barbers or the the hair care shops. That's mostly what I'm seeing. I'm not really seeing much of anything else. And so why has our why has our standing, you know, basically been those kinds of stores? Why haven't we expanded? Why haven't we grown? Why haven't we moved on? Why aren't we opening up uh, facilities where people can have their towels, uh, where they can have their tax filed and sorted out for them? Why are we not having, you know, these areas, these proper, you know, corner stores, mini supermarkets where people can buy you know, the grocery shopping that they would from an Asda or a Tesco or a Sainsbury. Like, why aren't we having these long-standing places that black people can put the, can give their business to and help the community and the money from those businesses now, you know, a little bit here and there being put instead money pot and give back to the community fund the construction of the new center, or the or the um, or giving out, let's say, grants now, cards, or to families that are less privileged, low-income households. Why isn't that being done? And you know, we had said that it's so frustrating to try and figure out ways that we can help. The Little did I know that, not even what a week ago, you will come to me and say, "Oh." So basically, I started an organization. I, said, hmm? <laughs> I heard that and I was like, well, damn, this man works quick. <laughs> like, I was, I was so surprised because it's not necessarily anything that I would think anyone that I know would do. Like, I've known you for what? Comfortably over six years now. So it's not anything that I would have seen. Like, we spoke about it and we were we were planning ways in which we thought that the black community could be helped, but never in a million years that I think you were just going to pop up one day and say you started a, a foundation, a charity. And so I was, from that, I was prodding you for information like, okay, what are you planning to do? What are you hoping to achieve? You know, what is your vision concerning this charity? But you see stuff like that, anyone can start a charity, you know? And, mm as we see charities aren't even charities a lot of the time the owners will be sucking money out of it mm-hmm. and bearing in mind i'm not saying you're that person because as i said i've known you for a while now and you aren't that type of person so you can guarantee that any money that is given to the to the charity is going directly back into the community and even the events that are to be funded with donations it's going straight back into the community. So it's mm. a cycle. But, you know, charities aren't charities. They're basically another source of income for the owners to where yeah. billions to a charity in some regards, billions, and that money's not to be seen. The impact of that money is not to be seen. Mm-hmm. When I look at Oxfam and all that, bro, 
and all this like one pound a month for this for like water aid like all that one pound a month like bro like these villages in africa should be patterned exactly like what bruv one pound in naira is like 700 and something like that should be patterned but as you perfectly said bro a lot of these charities are just another source of income man yeah and i was and i and and bearing in mind like I've said that he's not the type of person to, to you know, go through a back alley and do some dark deals behind the scenes. I said to him simply, I said, is it something that's going to be there to help the community? Because, as I said, it's something that anyone can do. Anyone can start a charity. Or have there not been, you know, multiple scams of charities laundering money and GoFundMe's, you know, you put under the pretense that is to help someone or to fund something and all of a sudden that money's nowhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen, but, you know, my thing is make sure it's there to do exactly what you say it should be. And, mm. you know, he came with that intention. I could hear it in his voice. I could see it in, in how he was moving that it's something that's very important to him. And so having this organisation... African British Party, you know, as he said, is something to help lift up the community. Like, we shouldn't have, you know, a problem spending money within our community. It's not like the other the other ethnicities don't do it. Of course they do. Otherwise, how would they be open and operating? And even more than that, the business is oftentimes passed down. That's the key thing is passed down through generations. Now we mm. we need the economics, we need the financial knowledge of how to invest, how to save, how to even spend. Like all that is needed in our community. And it's not just the adults that need it, it's the children that need it as well. Because if we're complaining that we weren't taught the answers of doing taxes and how to save for a mortgage, this kind of stuff. Why should our children be brought up with the same? So, you know, I wanted to get uh, more onto that. What is a plan in terms of, of education? Because, we, you know, you can always hand out money to people. But what they do with that money is more important than them getting stuff. So, like... How do you feel about that concerning educating people and, you know, using the ABP for that? Yeah, bro, um, that's, a, that's a good question, man. I feel like in regards to educating people, um, you know, just like I was saying before, um, in, you know, we, we can do things like, you know, creating seminars, um courses you know online um affordable ones definitely affordable because we're not trying to rob the community but um i mean some some can even be uh uh, can be free as well you know but just in topics of trying to decolonize the mind and when i say decolonize the mind i mean you know a lot of black people a lot of the things we do subconsciously we don't really understand that a lot of it is taught behavior from the european you know we don't we don't understand that but that's really the truth about it. Uh, if I can give you an example, like you, you know full well what I mean, bro. Because who, times, you know. But 
the whole like in the black community, the whole um, caste system, you know, dark skin versus light skin, you know, mm. uh, nappy hair versus good hair, you know, those kind of rhetorics, things that we believe, things that we that, that we stand by and we believe in our culture. For example, even in Africa, sorry, there's a um, there's a belief there's there's a belief that light-skinned people are desirable and the darker your complexion you're undesirable and this is actually a, like a caste system we have in africa this is what we believe you know anything that is eurocentric we see as, a, as we see it as the superlative form of life anything that's afrocentric we discard it as other and we don't see value in it that's probably why as you were perfectly saying bro a lot of a lot of us don't buy from black businesses and we're always trying to haggle the price down because we don't see value in what we're buying but when we go to an arab store or white store or asian store we'll pay the full price because we feel like this where i'm shopping has value you know and it's worth the money it's mm. worth the full money even when we're looking at um hair as well you know 4c hair uh 4b hair 4a hair 3C hair, 3B, 3A, and you know, hair having certain textures. And if your hair is hard, it's it's not beautiful hair. And if your hair is um uh loose, it's beautiful hair. All of that comes from what we were taught by the European during the slave trade. You know, um anything that's black is ugly, anything that's white is beautiful. This is just examples of things things hidden in the corner of the black mind. You know, even um, uh, what, what what else can I use? Uh, can I use as an example? Uh, yeah, the belief that Africa's poor and we've given nothing to human civilization, and we were just living in hamlets and huts. And it was until the Europeans came, we became colonized when they gave us guns and all this kind of stuff. That's not true, you know. Uh, many African civilizations, you know, you know, um, education, the education system started uh, 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 in Africa. You know, even what we know as vaccinations, that was first practiced among amongst a lot of African and Chinese tribes. But I would say the Europeans advanced it, but fundamentally it was practiced amongst African tribes, you know, cutting each other cutting cutting open cutting each other's skin briefly to the point where it's, it's, it's bleeding. The infected person will you will take a bit of their blood, cut an unaffected person put a sample of their blood in the, in the flesh. That was earlier forms of vaccination. We, we, we were doing that, you know, before it came. So, you know, it's all about decolonizing the mind, understanding who we are, you know, as, as, as a people, because it's very important. A lot of us uh, suffer from that without knowing. So education is a very important, um, important component, man. It's, it's very important. I always say a black man who doesn't know who he is is dead. You know, he's he's dead because you'll believe anything. Just how I believed anything. You know, when I was growing up in South Essex, believing, you know, when guys will call me a nigger and call me a black cunt, I used to believe that, like, they're right anyway. Like, black people look at us, man, we ain't shit. So from my language, that's how I used to feel. Until I started to research about black exploits and black people in a positive light, and I saw that it was African minerals and resources that built the West. You know, it's it was African labor that built 
Western civilization when they were on the brinks of when, when they were on the brink of collapse as a result of the Black Death in the 14th century. I didn't know that. You know, Europe, Europe was was poor. You know, so education can make you stand up and be like have and, and have a level of racial and ethnic pride that is unshakable. You know, so I feel like like you like you said, bro. Um, education is really important, man. Is a uh, is important and it's something that. I believe needs to be um, imposed on the on the on the younger generation. I feel as though the 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 average roadman, you know, I don't know, Tolu, the average roadman, you know, if if he knew who he was and his history, he wouldn't be on road. He wouldn't he wouldn't be on road because he'll have he'll have he'll have a level of pride that will not allow him to indulge in such shameful acts. You know, if he knew who he was. You know, I don't know if, or, 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 you know, if he knew about, you know, the history of the Yoruba tribe, or let's say, I don't know, um, a youth who's Benin, if he knew the history of the Benin kingdom, you know, when the Portuguese went over there and they said that the Benin kingdom was larger than Lisbon, which is the capital of Portugal at the time, you know, uh, there was a ship captain, Lorenzo, he wrote that, he wrote that Great Benin is a wealthy and industrious city. Great Benin, where the king resides, is greater than Lisbon. Lisbon was the capital of Portugal. He he is in is written down in history. If he knew he where he's from, he wouldn't he wouldn't do that. But he's not. But he doesn't know where he's from. He's taught by the West that he's an N I G G E R, and all he's good for is crime. All he's good for is being a rapper. All he's good for is wearing a night tech fleece. All he's mm. good for is causing havoc in society. All he's good for is sleeping. All he's good for is sleeping with as many mixed race girls as he can. So that's what he assimilates because he that 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 becomes that becomes synonymous with his identity. When his identity is that he's a child of God first, and God made him as an African. Mm-hmm. So all of that is as a result of mental colonization, and we strive to decolonize the mind. You know, what is it that makes a black boy say, oh, that black girl's ugly, but that white and mixed race girl, that's beauty. That's not normal, bro. Because I used to be like that. You couldn't, man, you couldn't pay me to date a black girl. I ain't dating no black girl. My, my wife's going to be white or mixed race. I use that song all the time. And she'd be like, hey, she's like, hey, hey, hey you don't know anything. You're young. When you get older, you understand what I'm saying. I'm like, no, man. I said, no, you need to understand culture. Culture is important. Important. Culture is, is very important. I was like, mom, what are you talking about, man? You know? But as I got older, she was right. I started to research about my culture and there's a level of respect I have for my culture now because I've grown up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's because I was taught that black women are not desirable. You know? Not to mention I grew up, I spent 15 years of my life in Essex. So all I'm seeing is white girls. You know what I'm trying to say? So, you know, but but society will 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 show you pictures of white models, uh, white and, and white beauty standards rules the day. Black people are seen as an other, as a commodity. So you couldn't blame me. I was a product of where I'm from, but at the same time, I had I had um agency and I could make a choice. So I can't I can't blame the West and all that stuff by the same fully, but at the same time, um my mind was colonized. My mind was colonized because there's loads of beautiful black women out here. Like, am I am I crazy? You know. So, 
that's not normal. And even when you look at the pattern, bro, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, bro. Like every every black guy has the same type. Mm-hmm. She's mixed race, or she looks racially ambiguous. She don't even know what she's mixed with. She's probably she's man. She's got French in there, Chinese in there, Portuguese in there, Brazilian in there, uh, Hawaiian in there. You don't even know what she is. So long as she got a nice bum, her skin's light, light mixed tone, like she's like she's mixed with something. Hair's long to her to her to her, to her buttocks. We don't care. We're, we're going up in there. You know, every black guy has the same type. We dress the same, same European brands, including myself, bro. Including myself. I'm not. I, I'm just including me. Same European brands. Wear the same do rag. The same studs, earrings, not it. We listen to the same music because we're being taught this is what black is. Black is on ghetto. Black hates itself. Black is this is what we're being taught by the West. But when you go to but when you go to when you go back to our villages in Africa where we're from, people aren't like that. People have self-respect. People people are poor, but they're happy. They have pride in who they are. You know? So because the mind is colonized and their and their minds aren't because they're they're in the motherland. You know? So yeah, bro, I think education is very important. And, you know, the ABP, the African British Party, you know, we, we're going to strive to do that, to decolonize the mind and to teach young kids that black, what we think black is, is what the Europeans telling us black is. But what black truly is, is what God tells us it is. It's what our culture tells us it is. Our culture doesn't tell us that black is being quote-unquote ghetto you know ghetto thing ghetto mannerisms are synonymous with being black in the west but it's not like that back home and i'm not talking about like lagos and abuja because them places they are slowly becoming westernized bro if you get what i mean slowly becoming westernized but i'm talking about the villages middle nigeria or middle africa whenever you go to to a place and you go to the middle part of that place, Middle England, Middle America, that's when you get a real representation of that nation because the cities are mixed. So there's different cultures and it's a bit of a melting pot. But the middle ground of that nation, that's when you get the real mental and aura and um, essence of, 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 of a country. So when you go to Middle Nigeria, the people, they're poor, bro, but they're happy. They're not ghetto. They're, they're, they're hardworking people. They're farmers. You know, they're 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 content with life. You know, they're 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 they're, they're cool people, hard hard working, you know. So what we're being taught is black and African is wrong, and it's not even from our culture, it's from the European. You know, so decolonizing the mind, that's 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 what we're striving for, bro. You know, and even and even just to add little bits on that, financial literacy as well. Financial literacy, because we're not we're not taught that in in our, uh, uh, in our community, we're taught to get a degree and work for someone till you die, you know? Um, eating right. A lot of us have, a lot of black people have diabetes and underlying health issues because we don't eat right. We eat like like crap, you know? So much fats and chicken this, chicken that, chicken that, bare seasonings is, is inflaming the body and deteriorating the body, you know? Um, so... So yeah, bro. You know, is 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 a lot. You know, it's um. But education is key, man. Education is key. 
Definitely, I agree. And it's always interesting to see because the more we begin to realise, you know, who we're supposed to be, because I think it was Mark Cuban who had, you know, bought a basketball team. I can't remember what it's called, if I can remember. May God help me, but... He, he was he was a fan of a basketball team and he ended up buying this team. Now, this team was, was losing left and centre. And his thing was, you know what? Let me take care of this team. Let me put money into this team and, and make them feel like winners. In an interview, he said, you know, you want to you let them know that they're expected to win, that they can win. That's what he said in an interview now. I would say it's the same kind of sentiment towards black people and the community. Mm. You want to give them the feeling that they're expected to win, that they can win. Because a lot of us walk around with the mentality that we're no good, especially in a world that isn't, that doesn't help us in any way. Like, you'll hear the phrase, the white man's world and you know to some extent I say that's true because mm-hmm. there's not a lot that is you know catered towards or that treats us as equally as our counterparts you know as white people as Asian people as Arab people like we're like the lowest of the lows we're at the bottom of the barrel and you know the simplest way I could describe the ABP through our discussions is is to get us on level on level ground and where we don't have the education of who we are and our value as people have the knowledge financially to take steps for our families that's when we begin to crumble because all these families that are you know, really putting in hours to provide for their family and they're barely able to make ends meet. Like, that is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. That is heartbreaking. That's a, that's a position that I pray to God I'm never in. Amen. That is, that is terrible. You're breaking your back for, what, 100 hours per week, working two, three jobs, and you're barely able to provide for your family. It's crazy. But I don't like thinking about it. Um these these grants would mean so much to people because you see I've 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 told you I've looked at case studies of other charities and other organizations that hand out grants that, that do this, that and the other for people. And you see the emotion in their faces because even as what, £200 that week could be life-changing for that person. It may be able mm-hmm. to cover them. It may be able to help with bills. Like, that kind of money for, for some people is life-changing. Those two, some it may not seem a lot. To, some it may they wipe the bum with £200. But mm-hmm. when you're just about able to pay bills and, and Christmas time comes and you haven't got enough money for presents or you're not able to dinner for your family because you can't afford a turkey because turkeys are expensive like, they, are, they are 
and 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 people can't buy that kind of stuff for their families. Can't at least they feel because they're either having to work or they're so financially unstable that they can't me into that time of year to make it feel as special as it is. And and to help do that would be like life changing for them. And it's all about letting people feel that love that you have in your heart. You know, you having a foundation like this enables you to pour out pour out even God's love onto the people. It's it's one of those selfless things that you know if you're in it you got to you got to see it thing. Like it's not a thing that you can do like half hearted. And you know, as adding on to that, you know, we spoke about the education of, of the community and we've spoken about how, you know, there's a clear difference between the educators and entertainers. But mm-hmm. You know, people are drawn to entertainment. Any way we look at it, they're drawn to entertainment. So is there any form of entertainment or entertainment with education that you're looking to offer people uh, through the organisation? Yeah, bro. Um, that's that it is. I, I think it's quite cool that you brought that because even what we spoke about off, uh, this, the, the the podcast we spoke about um, possibly you know getting um, influencers involved you know to come and speak to young black boys and girls uh, you know because you know as much as we kind of always say sorry as much as we say you know there's too many entertainers out there too many rappers and singers not enough scholars and historians and archaeologists and doctors and lawyers like me personally bro when i have kids if my son or daughter comes up to me dad i want to be a singer dad i want to be a rapper i'm gonna look at him like bruv be a lawyer man be a doctor man like and that's not daddy trying to ruin his child's dreams like i mean i'll support him in whatever they want to do but i don't know i feel like we have too much kids aspiring for the entertainment world and not to be doctors and things like that. Do you know what I mean? But of course, there are going to be kids that want to be entertainers. It just is what it is. So for the sake of them, I was thinking we can, uh, you know, here at the ABP, we can bring influences in, in some of these seminars, talking about how they did it, talking about the industry, the intricacies of the industry, the ins and outs of the industry, what to expect in the industry, um, uh, and things as it pertains to these industries, being a public figure, because, no matter how much we talk about Instagram and, oh, it's not a real job being an influencer, people are getting checks from that. And their lives are changing from just posting pictures and little kind of stuff here and there. So, and I mean, technology is going on the rise and the rise and the, it's inclining, it's not declining. Technology is not going anywhere. So I think it'll be very good to get these influencers and people that the young people can relate to you know, because when we were growing up, this Instagram, this 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 influencer stuff weren't really that. It was that 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 wasn't really on Instagram, because I remember Instagram when it was just pictures, there yeah. was no stories. Drembar and it looked bare dead, and he just posted little pictures that weren't even HD. They were bare blurry, <laughs> and yeah. 
Jember, and there was no such thing as influence on Twitter was just starting up and everything was like we we grew up with the technology and also without it. So but these kids nowadays is just straight technology. Kids don't even play outside anymore. We still we were like the last generation to play outside. You know what I mean? So it, it'll be good to merge that with the education, people in the industry, influencers, rappers, um, um, you know, entertainers as well as scholars and stuff like that. So while while there may be a seminar, one uh, a one event where someone's talking about financial literacy, um, eating rights uh, as it pertains to the black community, um, politics, um, the decolonization of the mind, there can be another one where entertainers come in and is engaging, you know, just to have a balance because there's kids that want to be scholars, there's and educators, really want to be edu- uh, 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 entertainers. And at the ABP, we don't discourage any, but we try to be as realistic as possible. Because if I have 50 kids saying, oh, 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 I, want, I want to be, uh, oh, you know, I want to be a rapper, I want to be a rapper, there's kids out of that 50 that just aren't made to be rappers. And mm-hmm. we have to be real. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong, you know? But, and another thing, amongst young black men, if you're not a rapper or striving to do something entertainment-wise or to have a clothing line or da 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 and you just want to be a quote-unquote regular person working the nine-to-five or working for someone you're you're frowned upon and that's not cool you know we need to encourage people that want to be quote-unquote regular what does regular even mean you know so we need to stop that as well that's another stupid mentality you know but yeah so like is there is there a place where, because you see in schools, schools aren't, especially when we really look into these low income areas and these areas that are seen, that are deemed to be not worth helping by the government. Like, and I know I'm prodding you for information, but it's because I want people to know where exactly you're coming from. Because mm. even more they know about what you're doing and why you're doing the more it makes sense to 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 donate if they if they feel like doing. No doubt, no doubt, bro. Yeah. See like the youngsters and, and educating them and helping them, like there's no facilities where where they can be really guided because school becomes boring because it's straight maths, English, science, geography, citizenship, PSHE, like all this kind of academic stuff. But a lot of them won't use this in, in later in life. And what's not happening is, you know, as a teacher, you know, you're not pinpointing where exactly those kids are strong and outlining opportunities for them in those areas of strength. Because if I've got a kid that's good at maths, I'm looking at maybe accounting. I'm, I'm looking at something that involves numbers but can pay him or her a salary that sets him for life if he uses his money correctly or if she uses her money correctly. Mm-hmm. Like, opportunities for them that give them, you know, make them someone in the world. Some, as you may want to be uh, influencers, some people may want to be rappers, some people may want to be singers. If you've got the talent for that, take, take funding, go and be a rapper, go be a singer. If my child has the talent for it, I'll pay for classes, I'll pay for this and, and and help you achieve your dream. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is, 
and this is something my dad has said to me as well, like, as much as we say our oh, school's outdated, this education thing isn't for everyone, okay, maybe the case. But you see that degree, especially in a degree that's actually useful, because some people that go to school in English literature, some useless degree like that, that they can't really do anything with unless they're going to be an English teacher. Mm. Like, you go to school to do something useful, at least you've got a backbone should your other venture fail. Yes. Yeah, that's true. So the same way we say not everyone's made to be an entrepreneur. Not everyone is. Simple stuff like starting an Amazon FBA business, that can be daunting. Well, that may not be worth it for some people. Some people may go broke trying to do it. So it's not for everyone. But where they don't have facilities and people that actually care enough to influence them in a way that, okay, you're good at maths, you're good at science, you're good at English, you're good at speaking publicly, you're good at painting, you're good at acting, you're good at singing, where there's not people to uh, really you know, take note of kids' strengths and help them expand on that. These flowers that are blooming are just withering and dying because teachers don't know what to do. Teachers now don't even care about the students. They're just there to be there present so that they can collect their check and leave. Facts. And the children that are in schools are now growing... Fam, in English, I was failing English like my whole class. Like, it's not even like it was just me. My whole class was failing English because every every couple of months, a teacher was leaving. And so we just have a new teacher after new teacher after new teacher. And that's mad because a teacher has to learn the students. They have to learn the students so they can figure out how the students react to, to whatever they're teaching, how they interact with the students, learning the names, um, you know, understanding how children work. You can't do that if you're changing teachers every three, four months. It doesn't make sense. So that's the importance of really getting to know each child. So with the African British Party, like that provides a great opportunity, especially because the children are the next generation. No doubt. Yeah, man. Over. So it presents an opportunity to help guide these children that aren't being helped in schools that maybe aren't even being helped at home, that their strengths aren't being noticed, that their strengths aren't being nurtured, that they aren't really going with a clear direction and end up wasting their time and their lives and and even money trying to go for something that isn't meant for them on any planet. So like how do you how do you feel about that? About providing a space where children are led by individuals that really love children and want to take the time to help identify their strengths and career paths and career options for them. You see, bro, everything you said just now touched home in it because I'm a because I'm I'm a product of that. I'm a product. I'm I'm a product of teachers that cared. Do you get what I'm saying? Like you see, in in, in Gable, yeah, like like even though Gable was a mad school and craziness happened there. Do you get what I'm saying? Like that school turned people into career criminals, drug addicts, that school destroyed people's lives. I can't even lie. But the thing is, bro, Miss Gordon in English, Miss Monday in English, 
Miss Ijiofo in English. Bro, these three women changed my life, bro, as a young man because they cared, bro. These women spoke spoke life into me, bro. They they may not know it. Ijiofo definitely knows it. Like this woman, yeah, was almost like my mum, bro, in the sense that she would go the extra mile. Like I was I was naughty, bro. Like I was I was naughty. Like like that was bad. Do you know what I'm saying? She'll call my dad saying, I think your son needs um extra intervention lessons. There were times where I would bunk the intervention lessons, like on the weekends, she'll call my dad. My dad would yeah. call my phone. If you don't get to your school, <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? And like I'll um, have to I, you know, I have to trek there. She she always went the extra mile and then she'll like talk to me privately, like listen, you need to think about your future. Like there were times where class will end, she will make everyone leave and tell me to stay behind, lecture me for like five minutes about, you know, don't forget, you know, like what, like, Af- you know, pertaining to the African British party, she'll be like, don't forget, you're a black man. You have to, they're talking to me on a level, always looking out for me, like always just kind of very motherly, like always looking out, like calling me in to do extra, extra maps and, you know, encouraging me, you know telling me I can do it and just, you know, just a very motherly aura. Like, the woman cared. Do you get what I'm saying? Even Miss Gordon, you know, the woman went out of her way. Like, even Miss Ejofra as well, Miss Ramondi, there were times where I was in situations, like, I'm talking situations, you know, them times I had beef in school, you know what I mean? Like, there were times where, like, they would lock, they would lock the classroom door. Guys would try to come in to fight me, they will lock the classroom door, like, or they will, like, walk me to, like, the um the assistant head teacher's office and like they they really held me down like those teachers were motherly they they cared about me do you get what I'm saying and I'm and what you said hit home because I'm a product of that and I think had I not had some teachers that cared I mean the rest didn't really give a damn but those three gave me something to aspire to like I I looked forward to walking into that Miss Monday lesson I looked forward to, to walking into that Miss Ijofa lesson that Miss Gordon lesson I looked forward to it because there was love in the atmosphere. What I didn't have, what I felt like I didn't have at home, even though my mum was a good mother, but she had to work and do a lot. You know what I mean? So, like, what you're saying is real, bro. A lot of these kids just need someone to 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 to, to play that father and mother role in their lives as it pertains to teach, telling, teaching them about the future and possible career prospects. You can do this, you can do that. Miss Idrofo, no, Miss Gordon was the first person to say to me, one day, you should be an author. Miss Miss Gordon said to me, "You're going to be an author one day." And Damn. yeah, and I released Hellbound, my first kind of book, well, ebook online. You know, though that's taken down now because I need to work on some stuff. <laughs> but that that was released for 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 you know about half a year, and she was the first person that told me like, "Listen, like." You're going to be an author. Your 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 creative writing skills are better than mine, and I'm your teacher. You're going to be an author. You need to release books when you're older. And I was like, wow. She was like, yeah. You know, she showed my writing to Miss to to, to Doctor Song, the head teacher, and that like, and re- like she used to like read my like read my writings to like the English department and very encouraging and motivational. That like, teachers were motivating me in it. So what you're saying is just facts upon facts, bro. Like this is what the kids need that. You get what I'm saying? They need someone to speak life into them. And mm. that's why I got my C, because Miss Ijoffa was on my ass. Even when I got, I originally got a DMFs, she said to me, 
on results day, I, I was like, what do you get? I was like, I got a D. She was like, give me your paper. I was like, why? She was like, give me your paper. You're, you're sending it back. And I was like, miss, like, I've got a D. Like, send, if you send it back, it's still going to come back a D. She was like, no, it could come back a C. Like, just give me your paper. Like, I was like, all right, cool. She called my dad, um, Mr. Zabu. Because my dad, anytime I was in a hot mess, my mom would be like to my dad, look, go deal with your sons. You get what I'm saying? Like, even though they weren't together, they still would talk because of me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So she was like, she said to my dad, your son, you know, your son got a D, but I really feel like if he sends it back, it could come back a C. Because sometimes invigilators and that, they, they mark it wrong. It happens mm-hmm. all the time. So my dad was like, you know what? Go ahead. You have my permission to send it back. Bro. Man. And I passed. And because I passed maths, I was able to go on to do a B-Tech and I was able to go on to university because 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 that D would have made me do a level two. Then I would have had to do a level three B-Tech, then go to uni. So I would have been in second year right now. Do you get what I'm saying? So she just saved me a whole year of of going back a whole year. You know what I mean? Like, because they 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 because they cared about their students. They cared. You get what I'm saying? And what you're saying is facts, bro. A lot of kids need that motherly and fatherly figure in in teachers and mentors. You know what I mean? Um, I also believe young people need to take up a trade in the sense of we need young people learning how to be plumbers again. Young people need to learn how to do do DIY, um, uh, um, deal with circuits and electricity. We need young people to learn how to uh, be carpenters. Those old trades that you can always get money from, always. There's always someone ringing someone. My plumbing, my plumbing, my, my, my toilet broke, my sink broke. Plumbers, plumbers, they, bruv. Plumbers are always in demand. Electricians, always in demand. Barbers, always in demand. Sometimes it's not necessarily the greeting. Sometimes learn a trade that will forever be in demand. And like your dad said, your dad is spot on, bro. Also getting a degree in a trade that's always in demand too. A, tra- a degree that makes sense. <laughs> makes sense, you know, but a degree that makes sense as well. That's 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 the right way to go, but we need more. We need to normalize young people learning trades more, like in the old days. Learn carpentry. Learn how to do. Learn how to do circuits, electricity, plumbing, uh, cutting hair, um, bricklaying, man, gardening, bro. Those guys. There's always someone online looking for um, electrician. Maybe something. Maybe their lights busted or their circuit fried in the house. Uh, plumbing. Ah, uh, my toilet. Uh, doesn't work anymore. My my sink is busted. All those guys are always always in demand, so you can never go broke. You know. Yeah, and as you as you were even telling that story, like Mister Joffa is a special a special lady because I special bro. Honestly, man, I I even had the same kind of thing with maths. Like I and my thing wasn't even like. I'm a disruptive student or anything like that. It's just that I just sit in maths and don't do any work whatsoever. So I'm just, I'm just there every lesson, just, you know, relaxing, not taking anything too seriously. Like I'm thinking a couple of days before the test, I'll cram 
and I'll pass the test and do okay. And I was I was happy with doing okay. But Mr. Joffo getting on to my dad and my mum. <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> same. Same. Both. Oh my days. She was on bro, she had my dad on speed dial. She called him in class one time, bro. That was embarrassing, bro. Bro, honestly, but that's and her and even Dr. Song as well. Because Dr. Mm. Song was to the school. So I met her in year seven, like near the end of year seven. And she was speaking to my parents as well. So anytime Mr. Joff had an issue with me not doing work, or even on the rare occasion I was actually messing around in class, like she would call Dr. Song in the classroom and then be on the phone to my mum and be like, yo, he needs to come in and do Saturday school because this boy isn't doing any work. <sighs> it's to be going in and you know the first couple I didn't take it seriously I was approached the same way I approached everything just laid back nonchalant all this kind of stuff and then I just had to start properly working and I was just burning through papers that's how quickly I was working just burning through papers every session every session and then I have uh, uh I will call him a brother now because you see them family friends that stay family friends. It's like if you go over to the house, your parents are there to see each other and you just say hi. You know, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. But this one is like, he's a second brother to me. And he was there teaching me physics and maths because I was dead at both. As in, it was coming close to GCSE and mock time. I was just finished when it came to physics and maths. But when he came back from work, even after doing his own his own work, he'd be there helping me do uh, physics and maths. He, there's times I'm working and he's just dozing off sleeping. And then he'll just jolt. You know them times where you're in a deep sleep and you just jolt and wake up? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And he'll be like, what's going on? What's going on? And I'm like, no, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. I'm working, I'm working. And like, he's one of them people that doesn't take nonsense. So he realised that there's certain times where he'll ask me a question and I'm not trying. I'm not trying to give back an answer. I'm not putting in effort to try and work out and, and improve my learning experience. And he's like, bro, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that rubbish, man. Work it out and answer the question. And people like that are, are individuals you need. The individuals you need for life. Because the one thing I, I always say is him, I'm grateful for him because if it wasn't for him, I would have failed maths and physics. Mm. Like, maths isn't a subject that I thought I should have got a C in. Because mm. I was terrible at maths. Every exam paper, I failed. Every exam paper. GCSE was the only one, the most important one, that I, that I passed. And mm. that's where people like that are so important. Because without him, without Mr. those times in my life would have been some of the hardest. Even recently. Like, we had, we had done a, a Welcome Back to the CC podcast. But we're talking about, you know, times where we were going through mental mental struggle, as in different levels of mental struggles. Yeah, bro, I remember that, yeah. And the recent time went out as a group, um, me, Emmanuel, um, Ayo, and Christina, we all went out to Nando's, and I wasn't feeling it before we went out. Throughout the year, I was mentally breaking each and every it was harder and harder and harder 
and I was just struggling to, to do fast. I was working at Amazon. At first, I was, you know, full of life, full of energy. Then I just went straight into a shell, didn't know one. I was just in a myself. And he was like, bro, even when we've been on calls, you've been, you've been, you've been distant. You haven't really been there kind of thing. I, I've been noticing that you've been, you know, pulling back, pulling back. And he, he was even the first one to say to me, like, bro, you've got a gift in communication. I was like, no, I don't. I don't talk to people. What do you mean I've got a gift in communication? Mm. I, I'm not a person who talks. Normally, I don't feel that there's enough for me to offer when I talk. And he was like, bro, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. He's, he's a type of person that's const constantly instilling belief in me. And it's not that I'm there looking for, for, for his approval or his um you know encouragement that's that's the least i'm looking for like genuinely in myself i've had to battle these these mental things of not feeling like i've got something to offer not feeling good enough but that's mm. a there for me that's they're constantly giving me you know th that encouragement telling me that bro you've really got to put put this to something like you can't just be moving out there not giving much uh back to society back to people like this should be a we teach a class on Wednesdays where each one of us normally comes up with a, a topic and we teach uh, the Bible to a bunch of children within the church. And he was oh, like, that's dope, man. That's dope. That's so dope. Yeah, man. He was like, bro, you're not giving enough to it. Like, you're just saying enough, just enough. There's nothing more you're offering and you've got so much more to offer. And without people like him, I wouldn't even... I wouldn't even be here doing what I'm doing kind of thing. That's the reality mm. of it. Like, all this stuff I'm talking, I knew way before I started KD, it was called KD400M. Before, yes, before, yeah, 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 I remember, yeah, yeah. All before then, and the stuff, it was in my head just building and festering, but it wasn't going anywhere. All the issues I've been through, all in my head festering. Anywhere. And it was like, bro, you need to talk to people. Who do you talk to? Who do you who do you call? And I was like, there's some people, but I use some people for this, I use some people for that. Some people I limit to certain communications. I like, bro, you need to start to branch out. You need to talk to people, you need to find people that you can Dave, really... I do that as well. There's some people I can offload a quarter to, some people fifty percent, some seventy-five. I know exactly what you mean, bro, because I guess it's just trying to guard yourself, like trust issues in it. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And and before I came to you, you was just like, bro, find a community, find people that you can really relate with. Yeah, bro, bro, me too, bro. Like, my sister was saying the same thing because, like, I ain't been church in time. I ain't been in the youth group in, in years, bro. And my sister was like, find a, a Christian community to go to and, you know, talk to as well because, you know, mental health as well. You know, I, I always vent to my sister. Me and her are super close, super, super close, uh, you know, um, yeah, so bro, everything you're saying is like it's like I'm looking myself in the mirror, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. Yep. And and trust me, it's and Emmanuel Scania, I'm gonna say that name and yeah, I'm giving governments because that one is family, man. That one is no. family. And he'll be like, Oh no, it's what we gotta do, it's what we gotta do. I'm like, no, you haven't got to do it. You haven't got to do it at all. Like my parents know your parents. You may have known me from the moment I was born, but you haven't got to do anything for me. Mm -hmm. But if going through this effort to make sure I don't live below my potential 
And that's the key word, living That's something. And so to him, I'll always be thankful God for his life because people like him, like Mr. Joffre, are individuals that can really help inspire a generation. And so to people like that in an organization, um, African British Party, and really use those people, allow God to use those people to touch the youth and to minister to, to, to the youth and help them achieve the potential. And, you know, seeing people that are going out and becoming part of gangs that shouldn't be part of gangs. Joshua was telling us that day, hashtag Joshua's motivation, little plug for you also, go check out his YouTube channel. He was there to us that, you know, I, I, I grew up in those areas. And I should have been like them, but I wasn't. And I was prodding, I was like, so how comes you're not, not like that? You had every right to be a drug dealer. You had every right to be a gang member. How comes you're not like that? And it's all by choice. You choose. Mm. So these people, they have a choice. You see Blue Story? Yeah, man. Yeah, Blue, I remember Blue Story, yeah. Marco, he wasn't part of that. He wasn't part of life. His brother was. Mum mm. seemed to be a good mum that was doing her part for her sons. She seemed none the wiser to what the older brother was doing. Little be known to her that the older brother was influencing Marco. Marco now got drawn into the lifestyle. So children like that, what kind of support is there for them? To where they're not part of the problem but they're being drawn in either by siblings or by the environment. Yeah. And so where's the support for those children? Where's the help? Where's the information? Where's the guidance? And that's what I feel you start in African British party. I feel like that's what offer. And I know I've gone on a long, but I want to bring out that, that support, that really one-to-one interaction, getting to know the people, being transparent with the people that, you know, we've got this money pot. Let me show you what it's doing. Let me show you where it's going. Yeah. So many other people aren't doing. Talking a big, of, oh, the black community needs this. This is what we need to do for the community. But the impact is nowhere to be found. It's just words. And bro, we- I'm telling you, bro, that's, that's that, especially in the UK, man, with all these black influencers, man, they, they, I mean, but I'm I'm not surprised, bro, because that's that's how they make their living off comment off 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 commentary, you know, like comment like commentary, like speaking on stuff, and you know, uh, they they thrive where there's chaos because they have a story to talk about. But I guess if they're trying to fix the issue, there will be no story to talk about and cover. Mm-hmm. So you know, when there's you know issues in the black community, like. Recently, that Jesse Nelson girl, you hear about Jesse Nelson from a little mix? Apparently, she was she was she was black fishing. Yeah, heard about that. Can't lie, bro. She did look like she was mixed race or something. The makeup was a bit mad, but to be honest, bro, who am I to tell her what how to how to how to wear her makeup? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I feel like there are more important issues in the black community than worrying about a white girl's makeup making her look like she's half black and apparently. She's she's trying to appropriate our culture when black girls 
sometimes wear blonde weave and they wear hazel blue and green eye contacts are they are they are they are they um are they white fishing or 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 arab or, or i don't know arab fishing with the hazel eyes i think arab arab people get hazel eyes. i don't think white people get hazel eyes like that but are they are they fishing to try and look like something else you know so i feel like it's a great area because people can wear what they want to wear and i feel like even if Jesse Nelson was trying to appear like she's half black or mixed of black or racially ambiguous, how is that going to contribute to the development of my community? It's, it's not relevant to anything, you know? And I feel like a lot of these black influencers covering stories like that and, you know, talking all this stuff about the black community, this and that and that. When it comes to putting in the work, bro, they're nowhere to be found, man. Even a lot of black rappers, they always, most black rappers have that one song dedicated to the black community. You know, black is beautiful, black is excellent, but they're not doing anything for the community. They're, they're rapping about the black community. They're rapping about when they were in the black community, how much drugs they sold in the black community, how many ops they ran down in the black community. Now they're up there. They've got a song about the black community, but with their money and their millions of pounds, they're not they're not putting their money where their mouth is. Yeah. You know, apart from Stormzy and his scholarship program, I think that's dope because that's similar to what the ABP is trying to do, but not with scholarships, with just pumping money back into the community as far as projects go and a grant system for uh, struggling black households and businesses. But Stormzy's doing that grant system for kids going to uni and I think that's incredible and and, and it's for black kids going to like Oxford and that. I think that's incredible you know a scholarship scheme they ain't even got to pay that back I think what Stormzy's doing is great I think it's phenomenal you know but you're right man um, I always tell my sister I think a lot of black people are scared of revolution man I think we're scared of change because we're so used to being at the bottom and in order for change to occur, responsibility has to occur. And a lot of people are scared of responsibility because you can no longer point the finger at the white man. We now have to do something ourselves, but it's easier to complain and point fingers, especially the way we've been conditioned. We've been conditioned to live in a lowly state of existence and to just, you know, almost be desensitized to what we go through. But now you have organizations like the ABP and I'm, I'm sure there's many others out there similar to us that want to advocate for change. But a lot of black people are, we can't see past the pain. It's almost as though we're comfortable with the pain because it's comfortable to complain. It's comfortable to just be angry at society. It's comfortable to riot. It's comfortable to stay in a lowly state of existence than it is to climb and take responsibility and to clean up your community and to pump money into your community, to buy black, to marry your own, to, it's, it, that's uncomfortable because we've been angry for 200 years. Mm -hmm. You know? It's, and for good reason. And for good reason. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not mad at us, but we have to take responsibility you know, and, 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 and be the change we, we, we want to see because we can scream reparations all we want. They're not going to give it to us, bro. They've given the Jews their reparations. They've given 
the Native Americans their reparations. Black reparations are still still ain't been given. They're not going to give it to us, bro. The West, they're not, because we were brought here for labor. We were never supposed to be accommodated here. Our introduction to Britain, America, is slavery, is bloodshed. That's why we were brought here, to work, to labor um, and help European colonial expansion. It was only because we resisted, they said, you know what, let's just let these niggas stay. But when we weren't supposed to be here, you know, when you really look at it. So they're not going to give it to us, bro. We have to do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. I hear that, and it's it's one of those things. It's taken so long to do, but the most important thing right now is that it's actually being done. So, you know, you're hearing about the the African British Party, and if this is the first time you're hearing about it, you know, Young K has fully expanded and explored the the reasoning behind starting this this organization and you know what it aims to achieve you know as as far as i'm aware there's a there's a gofundme uh page that's been that's been started that's been posted on gofundme and you can find that link in in its description but that that goal is there is the very you know the goal was was meant to be small. It was meant to be small. I lied to you know it was meant to be a small goal. Like no more than a thousand, but Yeah. <laughs> but you know, the reason why it's more than a thousand and considerably more than a thousand is because you know, this is something for generations. This ain't just for now. Yeah, when we're when when we're dead and gone and our children's children, children, you know? For real. And and up until now just been given satisfactory change like all these little one two pennies that you've been given to 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 survive you know what can you do with that you know through the african british party we're giving you education we're giving you funding we're giving you everything you need to be sustainable for years to come for generations to come mm-hmm. and this goal of 10 pounds it's not it's not a big goal it's not unachievable considering how many black people here in the uk you're telling me that that goal isn't achievable Mm -hmm. to get the ball rolling the community can't be expanded the community uh the economy in the you can't grow and expand to be on the level playing field with every other community you're telling me we can't set up anchor anchor points within our community where where we own these businesses where these businesses can be passed through generations, where these businesses actually serve purpose, rather than just being boiled down to a, a barber shop or a supply shop. Like, we're more than that. So, so through the African-British Party, this stuff can be done. But that's where we call on you, because we can't do make this kind of step. We can't implement these strategies and these events and these, you know handouts without the support of and the support can come from don't get me wrong but specifically the black community we need your support to get this rolling to hit that goal the first event which 
I'm sure it's to be a, a seminar type type event mm-hmm. where by God's grace, there are going to be influencers. There are going to be speakers there to, you know, really help speak to our community and inform them on all levels, financial, on the educational, on the skill base, on the motivation base, that history base all over. But these events can't be held these events can't be funded without the support of black community and realistically every other community as well. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So that's really where we call on you to be a part of this journey. And I guarantee you, you donate into this cause, you helping fund this cause, helping us reach that goal of 10,000. You'll see the immediate effect of your donation. It's not uh-huh. going to be a thing. 10 years before it happens you're going to see the immediate effect i guarantee you that like young k is my brother he's my brother at this point he's my brother you too likewise man 100 you too bro my brother man 100 don't get hot him up if he if he moves mad but i guarantee you that's not the case i guarantee you that he's a good man good intentions and and this thing is So, so I really implore you to be a part of this and to and to give to this organization so that we can give back to you all. So so that's me done, man. No doubt, man. Yo, I'm telling you, KD's my brother, man. Now I've known this guy since secondary school. Like he was saying earlier, is a thing where I would see him in passing, like, yo, yo, bro, bro. You know, and he kind of be like, who's this guy, bro? But obviously I I knew of him because he was in the rugby team. So, you know. I'll see him sometimes, like, what's up, man? Just see him passing, but he's probably thinking, okay, what's that? Okay, what's up, man? But thinking, there was this guy, you know, but uh, I'll see him in passing and whatnot. And then I, I started to notice over time, maybe I'd not bump into him in the toilets. We'd have a little conversation and stuff, you know what I'm trying to say? And, you know, it was cool. And, you know, we, we, had, we had that mutual relationship. But I would say it was up until 2020. We really, really got speaking on a on a deeper level, man. And that relationship um, developed into something a bit more concrete and deeper, you know? But um, honestly, man, I appreciate this guy. He, like, like, I, I, always, I, I say all the time, man, this Donnie's the, the Black Gary V, man, for real. He, he's the Black Gary V, man. Guy's full of so much wisdom for his years. He's humble, eloquent, articulate. And yeah, man, you know, he, he he may not feel that way, but honestly, bro, you are, man. Every time you speak, there's gems that you drop, bro, and things that I learn and I pick your brain as well, bro, if, if, I, if I never told you. But for real, man, you're you're honestly a blessing to, 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 to this generation and the generations to come, man. And the CC, pod, the CC podcast is really um, a phenomenal uh, platform, bro, you know, um, very structured, organized, professional uh, and hits the nail on the head all the time, man. You know, and I'm even just saying that for saying it's sake. I, I mean that, bro. You know, and um, even with the uh, ABP, I appreciate you giving that platform on here, man. And I appreciate everyone who's tuned in and who's listening to this and has listened this far. You know, um, to the Caribbeans, I just want to say this as well. You know, to the Caribbeans watching this, lit while listening to this, uh, you may not identify as African. But the reason why I say African British party is because every black person or so-called black person is funded. If you're Caribbean, you're just a lost seed of Africa who was taken 
during the slave trade from West Africa to the Caribbean. A lot of Jamaicans, Bayesians, Trinidad, Tobago, you may have the blood of the natives and you may also have the blood of West Africans that were taken. A lot of you have Nigerian descent, Ghanaian descent, Congolese descent, even Patwa, the Jamaican dialects, Patwa, you know, like, you know, you know, the way Jamaicans speak Patwa is, is made up of African dialects. I'm Ibo, mm. KD's Yoruba. The Ibo dialect makes up a large percentage of Patwa. The Yoruba dialect makes up a large percentage of Patwa. The Congolese dialect, it's an African dialect. You can't escape what you are. You are African. And that's why I say African British party because African, Caribbean, African American, Afro Latin, Aborigine were all lost seeds of Africa. We came from Africa, but we left. So that's why I say Africa because we're one people under one nation, under one God, and that's Jesus Christ. And that's love. Yeah, man. So I thank you all for joining the episode of the CC podcast. And I thank Young K for really, you know, helping expand, you know, everyone's knowledge on on black history and starting this this organization uh, the african british party so as i said you can find the link for that in in his bio and if he allows me i'll put it in my bio as well but that's just for you all to delve into and and really read about the 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 ambitions of this organization and obviously you've heard conversation about it as well but we want you to tap into to the possibilities you know, that can be achieved with the funding so yeah i really appreciate you for listening in on this episode and we'll see mm-hmm. you in the no doubt take care guys man god bless you all